You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast, part of the Passion Podcast Network. Have you ever struggled with the dissonance and the tension between all the truth that you know and all the content that you have, all the things that you've been through and the wonderful realities of your Christian life, the Bible that even you may know, and yet you feel this dissonance because you're not getting any better? There's truth on this side of things, but it doesn't seem to be able to transform me over here. There's a struggle in my life. And yet many of us in the Western world, especially our brand of Christianity, we've made the assumption that because I know content and I'm doing the right stuff and I'm in a small group and I'm interacting with other Christians and I'm attending worship services and I'm doing all of that, that, however, it's very good to do and very right to do that somehow that equals power, that equals change, that equals transformation. But it doesn't. And the reality is, you can all, all of us can be doing all the right stuff, taking two steps forward, but three and a half steps backwards. I want to submit to you that the issue that we have is not one of, not, of information or knowledge or exposure. The problem that we struggle with is the absence of power. Transforming power. In Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, and I want to talk today about experiencing God's power. There is this incredible moving scene, but in order for us to really appreciate what's happening in these eight verses, we've got to appreciate the historical context here. What has taken place about more than 40 days before this period, these events that Luke talks about, Jesus had been crucified. Now, the reality is, after three and a half years of earthly ministry with with Jesus, the disciples heard, they did hear crucifixion, but for some reason, although Jesus talked about it, they didn't hear or receive resurrection. Jesus spends quality time with him just before he's to be crucified. In fact, in John chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16, He summarizes everything that he had taught them in three and a half years in what has been famously called the upper room discourse, the distilled essence of the Christian life. He tells them that he's going to send the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, to be with them and in them. But then Jesus is betrayed. He's crucified. He cries out of the cross, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The disciples are scared spitless. They don't know what to do because the reality of identifying with Jesus has hit them in the face. Their Lord, their master, their savior has died a criminal's death. If they killed him, what are they going to do to us? 
So they're scattered and they're hiding out and they're fearful. <laughs> A few short days later, they greet the resurrected Jesus who then puts them back together. Now Jesus gathers his followers together there in Jerusalem just before he's ascend to heaven. And you know what he talks to them about? You know what he talks to them about? He talks to them about power. Listen to these words. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus mentions to his disciples that here's the case for the power of the Holy Spirit. He builds this case. Luke writes these words in the beginning of verse 1. He says, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. After he had given commands to the Holy Spirit, to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now listen to these words. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs. One translation puts it this way, by many convincing proofs. The implication is that Jesus not only, not only said things to them, but he, what he shared with them was accompanied by miracles over this 40-day period of time, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. The picture is this. Every question that they had, he answered. Every doubt that they had had been transferred and translated into assurance. Now, mind you, this is not one off. They saw Jesus. They, they heard him. They touched him. They ate with him. He, the resurrected Lord of history, answered every single question that they had. This is remarkable to me. So what do they have? They've got exposure. They've got education. They've got enthusiasm. They're ready to go. And yet, what does he say to them? Listen to these words. Verse 4 says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, what do you mean? Don't leave. We, 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 we have no questions anymore. We don't have any, we, 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 we'll lay down our lives for you. We've got education, exposure, enthusiasm. But then he says to them, don't leave. Why? But wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. Jesus was underscoring the reality. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, enthusiasm is good. Education is wonderful. You got the correct answers. You're, you're excited about all of this. But none of those things are sustainable. Did you hear what I just said? Enthusiasm is not sustainable. Even truth, apart from power, is not sustainable. Thanks for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast wherever you stream it. You can also subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every Monday.